says in Quran, Ya Ayyuhaladina Amanu, O you who believe, O you who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Sayyidina Rasulullah O you who have testified that you will follow and believe and follow the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet Tubu ilallahi that you should make true tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, true repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Toba repentance is to make a change or a shift in your life from all bad, evil, sinful actions towards and return back to acts of goodness, virtue and piety. This is called Toba. Some of the awliya, they said that Toba Toba means to have remorse and regret over all of the things that you've already done in your life, to feel remorse and regret for what has passed in your life, and whatever is coming in the future for a person to be worried about doing it properly, to do islah of their future, to rectify and fortify their actions for the future. Some awliya define Toba in the following way. That toba means that the sins that have pre- the previous sins that have done to erase and erase all traces of past sin that is called toba. Some only have said that toba is that a person should take the ropes of ragbat uh, Allah, desire towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wrap it around their nafs and they should take the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they should reign in their nafs due to the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some of the awliyah said the toba is to shed the clothing and garment of being disloyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to adorn oneself with the cloak of being loyal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another wali used to define toba. Toba means that if you fall into sin, if you remember sin, then you shouldn't 
feel any pleasure over your sin. So when the thought of a past sin occurs to you, you shouldn't derive any pleasure or happiness from that. So you should not remember your sins fondly. When you recall a sin, you should, when you remember it, you should remember it as a burden on you. You should remember it with sorrow and grief. And why did I do such a thing? And why did I disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Not that you recollect it with fondness and longing. Another way he said that tawbah that a person becomes completely aware of the fact that they are going to die and at all times they keep it in mind that I'm going to die I'm going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and because they're constantly always being conscious of their death they stay away from sin and the best manner and feeling of tawbah that is mentioned in Quran al-Kareem that there were once three Sahaba and at one point in the history of Sira of the Prophet's life they were a bit lazy in going on jihad so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them the three of them in a test and then they made tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how did they make tawbah? they made such a true tawbah they made such a true tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the whole earth, despite all of the vast expanses of the earth, the earth seemed to be constricted for them. As they found it difficult to live because they were so sad over that sin, they had so much grief over that sin, they found life itself very difficult. And their hope was that only our only hope and salvation lies in Allah subhanahu wa So when a person feels like this, that the, the weight of their sins weighs on them so heavily, that even living becomes difficult, and they only see any hope and salvation in Allah ta'ala forgiving them, that means they've made true tawbah. One reason to stay away from sin is fear. For example, you will find that a child is afraid of the parents and because of that, he's afraid of breaking the glass at home because he knows his parents will be upset with him. So this is the average ordinary man's level of tawbah, that they stay away from sin out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second level is that person who stays away from sin not out of fear but out of shame in front of Allah. That how could I disobey my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He has given me so many bounties and blessings in this world. So such the first person was called a ta'ib, the second person is called munib. And the third one is the one who stays away from sin because of the azmat and jalal, because of the magnificence and might and power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that weighs heavily on his heart he stays away from sin <coughs> one will used to say that the reality of tawbah is to is to flee towards our master and that master who bestows upon us everything that we have like it sounds in Qur'an al-Kareem that a person says that indeed I am turning towards my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in hidayah. 
And there are three conditions that the Mashaik have written for Doba. The first thing is that a person must stay away from all of those things that are forbidden, to stay away from sin altogether. The second thing is that if they had violated somebody's rights, if they have taken something unlawfully, if they had been unjust towards someone, then they have to make amends for that, they have to ask their forgiveness for that, they have to return something if they had taken it inappropriately, they have to try to make amends for any injustice they did. And the third condition is that an intention that in the future I will never ever return back to my life of sin. Some ulama have written that Tawbah is related to three things. The three, uh, t- three times the past, the present, and the future. How is that? The first thing is that for Tawbah of the past means to feel remorse and regret over every single thing that we used to do previously. And the second thing is that at this moment in the present that we should stop ourselves from doing any sin at every present moment. And number three, that a person should have a firm intention and commitment that in the future I will never do a sin either. So there are three aspects to a person's toba. And the summary of all of that is that a person should leave sins for the sake of Allah SWT. If they stop sins for some other intention, that won't be called toba. For example, let's say there's somebody who stops gambling because he loses money. That's not toba because they didn't do it for the sake of Allah SWT. They did it for the sake to keep their money. So a person may have left the sin, but he won't get the reward for making Tawbah for that sin. The reward of Tawbah will only take place when a person leaves a sin for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An example is that there's a person who fasts from Fajr to Maghrib, they stay away from food and drink, but they don't have the intention to fast for Allah. So outwardly they will be the same as the fasting person that they're not eating and they're not drinking, they're not relating with their wife. But because their intention wasn't to fast for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they won't get any pleasure. So therefore a person will only get reward for making tawbah if they leave sins for the sake and for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first thing we should do is make tawbah from i'tikad, means tawbah from false beliefs, whether a person did shirk or bidah, was involved in idol worship or innovative beliefs. So the first thing is that we should make tawbah for any incorrect beliefs we had about the deen. The second step is that a person should make tawbah from amal, tawbah from their actions, tawbah from all the things that they do. And then number three is that they should make amends with people if they had hurt anyone or betrayed anyone. It comes in hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that if a person, even, even if you owe somebody one dirham, if one coin is due upon you, if you return it, that will be even more reward than praying 70 prayers that are accepted by Allah SWT. Allama Abdul Wahab al-Sharani used to say,
that that person who has some rights over others and Allah subhanahu that person who still owes outstanding rights to other people there is no way that they can be forgiven in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those rights that they owe others the only way they can be forgiven is if they fulfill the rights that are outstanding on them and are due to others once when Shaykh said I was standing in the Bayt al-Muqaddas in Jerusalem and I was doing a lot of ibadah and then I lay down and I rolled myself in the carpet and because he was feeling cold so he rolled himself up in the carpet and he took a nap and I was protecting myself from the cold and all of a sudden I saw light and I saw a few very some people with very brightly illuminated faces it seemed like they were angels and they started talking to one another and then at one point one of them said that we feel that there's somebody else here they sensed his presence so the elder one of them said yes this is Ibrahim bin Adam he's rolled up in the carpet and he could have reached such a great level of wilaya but he still owes somebody one date and he ate somebody else's date without their permission so then these people left. So Ibrahim and Adam says, oh, now I remembered that several days earlier I was buying some dates and when I was about to leave the date seller, there was a date that had fallen and I thought that it must have been the date that fell from my bag. So I picked it up also and I ate it. But actually it must not have been mine. It must have been from the date cart, the date seller's cart from which the date fell. So then I went all the way back to that date seller and I went to that date seller and gave him back one date. And when a second moment I gave him one date, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the level of a wali being an abdal. means a special wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. means that just by returning one date to its rightful owner, he became the close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To return and fulfill the rights that are outstanding on us that we owe other people, that is also a way to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like that, that if you are back, if you are backbiting someone, then you have to ask that person forgiveness. If you can't find them or ask them their forgiveness, then you should make istighfar on their behalf for their sins. Sometimes a person is so deeply involved in sin that it seems like it's very difficult to take them out, take themselves out. And he keeps thinking that I'll make Toba, but then I fall into the sin again. And he finds it difficult to leave the jaws of sin. So for such a person for whom Tawbah seems to be very difficult what he should do is that he should make dua to Allah subhanahu that O Allah I ask of you bihaqqi bismillah rahman rahim I make dua to you in the haqq of the tasmiyah of bismillah rahman rahim Allahumma inni as'aluka bihaqqi bismillah rahman rahim tubu alayya that O Allah, I ask you in the haq of the sentence, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, that you, sent, that you accept my tawbah, you relent towards me, 
Indeed, you were the acceptor of Tawbah, and you were the all-merciful one. And then this has been mentioned as this dua that will help a person be, get the strength to leave sin and make Tawbah. Some only have said that if it's difficult for a person to leave sin, just like Sayyidina Adam Alayhisam made dua to Allah SWT, that he made a dua, Rabbana zalamna anfusana, that, oh my Rabb, indeed I have wronged my own self. But before that, he said that, oh Allah, with the, in the name of your beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the izzat, in the name of the honor of your beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa I ask that you forgive me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven Sayyidina Adam alayhi wa This was another dua that's mentioned that he had recited. When a person makes tawbah, the, there is the, a person has to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but there also needs to be Allah Ta'ala turning His grace towards that person. And many people think that we are going to initiate the tawbah, that I made tawbah. So no, that's incorrect. Actually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will first send His grace into our heart and incline and inspire us to make tawbah. Nobody can think of themselves on their own to make tawbah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns toward them and inspires them to make tawbah. So what we learn is that this is a mercy from Allah Taala itself. And that's why it's been said that first a person gets inayah, first Allah first a person gets this inspiration from Allah Taala to turn to Him and then they turn to Allah Taala and get belaya and then become His friend. The things that uh, follow are dependent on the things that precede. So the Tawbah came later and Allah Ta'ala inspired the person's heart earlier. So it means the person will never have been able to make Tawbah unless Allah Ta'ala inspired their heart. And then another way, another way they've expressed this is that person, only that person can turn away from sin who has been turned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala away from that sin. So this is tawfiq, this is success and ability comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the person who does tawbah, he should turn to Allah ta'ala in dua, massive dua and beg Allah ta'ala to incline and inspire his heart to leave and turn away from sin. In order to make true and firm tawbah, the person who is making tawbah should keep certain things in mind. The first thing is that he should feel deep remorse and regret over, their, over his sins. He should leave them and should feel deep remorse and regret over them. He should feel that what I did was a terrible thing, an evil thing. I shouldn't have done it. I was wrong. And I've been gravely mistaken. And when they have feelings like this in their heart, then they will become more successful in their tawbah. In fact, it comes in hadith, that just the feeling of remorse and regret that a person has over sin, that is equal to and tantamount to tawbah. The second thing they should do, the second thing the person making tawbah should do, is you should make istighfar, seek Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness in abundance and never return back to that sin. The third thing, 
Is that because they were ignorant about that sin or they did it in terms of ignorance they should acquire the knowledge and they should leave the darkness of ignorance and come into the light of knowledge they should get more knowledge about deen more knowledge about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that they make themselves stronger in their iman and therefore they won't be, will be less likely to lapse back into sin and the fourth thing they should do is that they should leave their bad company, their bad friends, those people who invited them to sin, those people who involved them in sin. And many times, many young men, they say that my friends are bad, but I'm not bad. So if you say that your friends are bad, that itself is a proof that you are definitely going to be bad. There's no way that you can claim that you will remain good if your company and your surroundings and your environment and your friends are bad. Imam Ghazayin Abta has written in one of his books that a bad friend is even worse uh, than a snake. A bad friend is even worse than a snake. A bad friend is even worse than a poisonous snake. How is that? And because if a poisonous snake stings you, then the poison will only take away your physical life. But if a bad friend stings you, he will take away your spiritual imam. So then Imam Ghazali said that a bad fan is even worse than a poisonous snake. And then he took it even one step further. Then he said that a bad fan is even worse than shaitan. And then Hadadi says himself that when I read this for the first time I was taken aback. That even worse than shaitan? A bad friend still may probably Muslim has recited Kalima how could it be worse than Shaitan but that's what Imam Ghazali wrote and then Imam Ghazali explained it and he said in explanation that Shaitan can simply plant the whisper and thought and insinuate a waswasa in a person's mind about sin how, and this is exactly what Shaitan is going to say on the Day of Judgment. He will say that don't blame me, blame your own selves. Don't blame me, blame your own selves. All I did was plant the thought of sin. I didn't force you to do sin. Why did you accept my thought? Why did you accept my suggestion? That was your own fault. So shaitan simply puts the thought or invitation or suggestion of sin inside a person's mind. Whereas a bad friend doesn't just put the thought of sin, actually grabs the friend by the hand and takes him to the place of sin and physically involves them in sin and then lets go. The next thing that the person who is making tawbah should be careful to do is they should be careful about their earning, careful about their eating, and careful about their dress. They should stay away from all haram wealth. Uh, 
One Mali said that we have to stay away from the traps and pitfalls and snares of money. And he gave an example that I have some money. So take this money. Okay. One Mali told people that we have to be careful of the pitfalls and traps of money. So the student said, what do you mean? He said, okay, here's some money. I want you to take this money and I want you to go and in the whole city, whoever appears to you to be the most needy person, I want you to give the money to him. But then after you give the money to him, I want you to secretly follow him and see where he spends that money. So he went around looking in the whole city and finally he saw somebody who he felt that yes, this person is the most needy, the most poor, the most deserving of money. So he took the money out of his pocket and gave it to him. And then what did he do? Then he stayed back and then he secretly followed him. So where did he see that? First that person went into some store and then he went from the store and then he went into some house. So now he, the person who was following, he asked the store person, that what did that person buy from you? And the store was a place of fragrance or a place of a liquor store. So first that person who he gave the money to had bought some liquor. And then when he asked about that house, what was the house that he went to? It was a brothel. So the person had bought liquor and then he went to a prostitute. So he was stunned. I said, I thought he was such a needy poor person. And I selected him and gave him money. And he went and bought alcohol and he did zina. So how could, how could I, this happen? So then he went back to a sheikh. Then the sheikh said, okay, now second experiment, I'm going to give you money again. And now I want you to go look in the city and I want you to give it to the person who you think is the least deserving of money. The one who seems completely rich and would not need any charity at all. But again, the same thing, I want you to follow them and see what they do with that money. So he went off again and he went to the city. He kept looking around, looking around. And then he saw one man who was very, you know, looked like he was very well-dressed and, and looked very fresh in their face, healthy. Looked like a very refined gentleman. And the person said, this is a person who doesn't look like they need money at all. So he went up to him and he gave them the money. And after he gave him the money, then he stayed behind him and he watched where he went. He saw that that person, the refined gentleman, where did he go? He turned the road and he had something in his, he had a bag and he, he had like a plastic bag and he dropped it in the trash. And then he went into a store and he bought some flour, he brought some oil, he brought some foodstuffs and then he took all of that and went to a house so now he then investigated the person following he knocked on the door and he said that tell me that how did you spend that money that I gave you he said well this is a secret of mine but because you're asking me directly I will tell you and he said that actually there are 10 to 12 women in my home daughters and sisters and wife that I am the only man who is supporting all of them my wife I had many daughters my mother-in-law my mother I'm the only man who is earning they're all dependent on me and for one week I had a fever and I was not able 
to work. I was a laborer. I was not able to work. And this is the fourth day that there has been no food in my house. So the women are so weak that they're not even, they're barely able to pray. And I'm too embarrassed to become a beggar in front of anyone. So I went out of my home thinking that Allah Ta'ala will grant me something somewhere. I saw a dead goat somewhere, a goat lying dead. And I thought that, okay, four days we have been hungry, then this will be considered other and necessity. So I cut a piece of that dead animal, and I thought I would bring it home and my family would cook it. And I was taking it home, and on my way home, and you came and you met me. And then when you gave me that money, then I felt that now I'm no longer in a state of necessity and that meat is now haram once again. So I tossed it in the trash. And then I went to a store. And when I went to the store, I used your money to buy some simple flour and lentils and oil. And then I went home and I've given it to my family. And we are Sayyid, we are descendants from Sayyidina Rasulullah and thanks to your money that we are now able to remove four days of hunger from my family. So then he went back and told the Shaykh this. And the Shaykh told him that, look, however the money is, it will be spent that way. So what did he tell him then? That the first time I gave you money, it was haram money. And so you gave it to, even though you thought it was a person who was deserving, he used it in haram. The second time I gave you money, I gave you halal money. And even the person didn't seem deserving, but he used it in a halal way. So if the money is haram, it will be used in haram. If the money is halal, it will be used in halal. Therefore, that person who is making tawbah, they should be very careful about the source of earning of their money. Because if they earn haram, they will inevitably spend it in haram. And that means they will be involved in sin again. And the tawbah won't be successful. Then those people who make tawbah, there are normally three such categories, the three types of people who make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu There are three types of people who make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu The first is called that person who is this is that person who keeps thinking all the time that no I want to make Toba, I really mean it I'm going to make Toba, and he keeps thinking in his heart that I should make Toba, I need to make Toba, but he keeps delaying it keeps delaying it so that's one way of making that's one type of person the second type of person is that person who makes Toba in their heart is that person who makes tawbah in their heart, he makes tawbah, however, he's, the nafs is still railing against him. The nafs is still pushing against him, so he has to fight a war against his nafs. He has to stop his nafs, restrain his nafs, bind his nafs. And so this, this second type of person, so what... So what does he do? He tries to keep extra fast to weaken his nafs. He's constantly fighting a battle with his nafs that he's made tawbah to leave sin, but his nafs keeps trying to push him to do sin. And the third type of person is called the Rajalan Ta'ibun, the true repenter to Allah Subhanahu And what does that person do? That person leaves sin completely and their complete control over their nafs 
and doesn't even give the nafs a chance to involve him in sin again, and that is a person who is known as the wali of Allah subhanahu wa And many people make lots of mistakes when they make toba. For example, first thing that people make, first mistake that many times people make is that the person delays their toba, postpones their toba. They keep thinking that I want to make toba, I'm just going to make toba. Imam Ghazali has written that Toba is something that has to be done immediately. A person shouldn't have any doubt or hesitation or reluctance. There's nothing to think it over. A person should make Toba immediately whenever they do a sin. There should be no delay whatsoever. Another wali said that Toba is absolutely mandatory immediately. Making Toba for a sin immediately is mandatory. And that person who spends time and delays and thinks the matter over and mulls it over, then this person will have two sins. One was the sin that they did, and the second is the sin of delaying Toba. The second will be the sin of postponing their Toba. So actually, instead of making Toba, he actually gets another sin. Now we should think that whenever we make sin, and then after that, if we delay in Toba, then we actually end up getting another sin. And if we delay our Toba, if we do a sin and we delay the toba, we make the toba so that later toba will forgive us for the sin. But what's going to forgive us for the delay in toba? That will cry yet another toba. Third thing is that the third mistake people make is they take sin lightly, and therefore they don't they overlook making toba. So they do a sin, they don't realize it's a sin, they don't acknowledge it's a sin, they view it lightly. And therefore they don't feel the need to realize they make toba for it. They backbite somebody and they didn't even realize they were backbiting someone. And then they won't obviously make toba because they don't even realize that they committed a sin. And there's some people who whenever they speak, they end up doing some sinful thing with their tongue. And they speak so, they talk so much, they're so talkative that they don't even hear what they say. They talk so fast. And there's some people, and so if there are words that you haven't even noted that you said them, how will you be able to make toba for those words if they're incorrect? Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq The Prophet told Sayyidina Abu Bakr that you should make this dua. Oh Allah, ask that you forgive me for all the sins that are past and all that are going to come, that which I did secretly, that which I did openly. Indeed, Allah Subhanahu you are the being who can bring things early or bring things later, and there is no God except for you. Another dua is that, Oh Allah, I seek your forgiveness for all my sins, the first one, the last one, those that I remember and those that I forget. So it means a person should make toba of all of their sins. Whether they did them knowingly, whether they did them unknowingly, whether they remember them or they've forgotten them. But they, either way he should make toba for all of their past sins. Some people make another mistake that they don't make toba. 
Why? Because they think that, well, what's the point of making Tawbah? Because I'm going to sin again. So that's like saying that if somebody... If somebody is sweating, everybody will tell him to shower. And if he says, what's the point of showering? I'm just going to sweat again tomorrow. So they'll say, you're crazy. Shower today. If you sweat again, then take another shower. And then if you sweat again, take another shower. But shaitan fix a person and makes a person think that there's no point in doing toba because I'm most likely going to fall into that sin again. So you should make toba, And if you fall into it again, make toba again. Another mistake is that people think that what people are, the person is afraid of what will people say. That look, the people will say, oh, he's become so religious. Look at him. He thinks he's so big. He's kept a beard. He's staying away from girls. He started praying. So they're worried about what other people will say. So they don't make tawbah because if they lead a lifestyle that is true to that tawbah, they're worried about what other people will say about them. So this is wrong. To fear and fear people and not fear Allah, this is the most foolish thing to do. And Allah Ta'ala said in Quran that indeed Allah Ta'ala is the most deserving and the most worthy that you should fear Him. Sometimes a person doesn't make tawbah for their sins. Because they're worried that if they stop that sin, they will lose their status and they will lose their position and they will lose their rank. That I'm big officer and I'm a commissioner or I'm this or I'm a member of parliament and if I become pious and stop giving the bribery or corruption, then how will I retain my office? So people don't leave, they don't leave the sin, doesn't make tawbah because they don't want to lose their status. So that means they've made themselves a shariq to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that their status is more important to them than the rank of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another mistake sometimes people make when they make tawbah is that they think they don't need to make tawbah because Allah is so merciful, He's so merciful, even if I did some sin, Allah will forgive me out of His mercy. So that person who thinks like that, that without making tawbah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive him out of his mercy. So he seems, that person seems to have forgotten and should remind himself that, that Allah Ta'ala took Sayyidina Adam out from Jannah just due to one mistake that he made. So one mistake Sayyidina was removed from Jannah, then how many mistakes have I made in my life to make myself worthy of being removed from Jannah? Sometimes, a person becomes, uh, a person despairs of the mercy of Allah They think that Allah's mercy won't envelop them. So what, what do they do? They make this mistake and they think, and many times young men and women think like this, and especially when they're involved in lustful sins, they just, shaitan just tells them that, look, there's nothing you can do now. You're beyond redemption. So no, before you die, you can always redeem yourself. No matter how big a sinner you are, no matter how many or how large sins you have done, 
you can get forgiveness from them, from, for them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it comes in a date that if a person's sins are so large, that if a flood was to take over the whole earth, and a person's sins were as much as that flood, even then Allah ta'ala can forgive a person's sins. There are some things that if a person does them, that even a small sin becomes magnified into a big sin. For example, that if a, number one, if a person does it regularly, repeatedly, so even if some sin is quote unquote small, but a person keeps doing it over and over again, then it becomes termed as a major sin. And one Mali said that no sin remains small if you have Isar, if you keep doing it, and no large sin will remain a sin if you make Istighfar, if you seek forgiveness from it. And sometimes another thing that another problem a person does is they view sins to be small, they take sins lightly. Ibn al-Qayyim said that, Oh my friend, don't look at the sin, whether the sin is minor or major, but instead look at the majesty and magnificence of that Allah against whom you are sinning. Look at the might and majesty of that Allah whom you are disobeying. So after that, can, will anybody ever say that I went to the ruler of the country and I just spoke to him a little bit rudely? No, that would be viewed as a big act because he was a person of a high rank. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the highest rank, so even doing something small because of Allah ta'ala's high rank makes it great. A hadith in, in, transmitted by Imam Bukhari narrated by Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu that you are doing things and you are taking them so lightly as if they're just like a single hair in your body. If we had done these things in the time of the Prophet we would have viewed it as even something that could destroy us. In other words, the problem was to take sins lightly. Another mistake people make is they enjoy sin. They do a sin and then they even brag about it to others. They're happy when they do the sin. They pull off the sin successfully, they become happy at that. And sometimes women will be talking to one another and backbiting someone and they're so happy that they were able to hurt somebody or embarrass somebody in a gathering. So all this will also make a small sin convert into a major sin. And another mistake people make is they become they get misguided by the fact that Allah Ta'ala has covered up my sins, Allah Ta'ala has concealed my sins, Allah Ta'ala has not yet punished me for sins. So look, even though Allah Ta'ala may have concealed our sins from others and have not punished it for us, doesn't mean it's not a sin and doesn't mean that we don't have to make tawbah for it. Another thing is that a person must make tawbah with ikhlas, with true sincerity. 
And if a person sincerely, deeply, truly makes tawbah, then Allah Ta'ala won't let that person return to sin. And then a person's heart will fill up with the love for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Then due to that power of the love for Allah Ta'ala, it becomes easier for them to leave sin. So things that make it easy to leave sin. Number one, if your heart becomes overflowing with love for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Number two, if you make mujahida. If you exert yourself and make a war against that sin. Number three, if you get ilmu nafi, if you get knowledge that is beneficial. Why? Because ilmu nura, knowledge is a light. And when that light comes into a person's breast, then it makes a person inclined towards good deeds and it takes a person away from the bad deeds and sins that they do. If a person does a sin alone, in solitude, then it sets a person if a person finds that they often fall prey to sin when they're alone and in solitude, what they should do then is always try to remain occupied with people and engaged with other people and try not to let themselves be alone as much as possible. Secondly, that a person should not remember those things that remind them of sin. Because if, for example, if there's a person who repented from drinking alcohol, but he keeps the glass, the wine glasses at their home and says, I'll drink water with the wine glasses. The Islamic Sharia said you can't do that. You have to break those glasses. Why? Because whenever you drink water in that wine glass, you'll remember those days when you drank wine. You will recollect your sin. So even those things that remind us of sin, we should leave all those things. Next thing is that a person should lower their gaze and guard their eyes because a lot of sins, the vast majority of sins are because we misdirect our gaze. Next is that he should keep the company of pious people. When he sits next to people of taqwa, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will again make a person less inclined towards sin. Next is that he should think and he should reflect on what Allah Ta'ala said in Quran as the outcome of sinners, the punishment that is going to be meted out to sinners. He should think about those things. Next thing is that he should, if there are certain types of food or certain things that increase a person's lustful passions, he should stay away from those things. The other thing he should do is he should always try to think about good things. The next thing is that there, okay, next set is that all, what are the benefits of leaving sin? Number one benefit of leaving sin. He should think of all the benefits of leaving sin. Next thing is that he should think of all the harms of doing sin. Next thing, he should try to bring haya and modesty and shame inside of himself. Because that person who has haya, they will definitely have haya in front of Allah subhanahu wa and they will stay away from doing acts of immodesty and impurity and lewd acts because they will know that Allah Ta'ala is watching them. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah said that Haya is part of Iman. And the Prophet said that every single deen has a particular characteristic and the special character of the deen of Islam is Haya, is modesty and chastity.
In other hadith, the Prophet said that all of the things that the earlier Prophet told earlier communities, it included this, that if you don't have haya, then you might as well do whatever you want. In other words, you are lost if you don't have haya. So haya is what makes a person remain obedient to Allah SWT. And the last thing is dua, that this person should make lots of dua to Allah SWT, that Allah SWT, let me be true to my tawbah, let me stay away from sin, let me be firm and steadfast, let me persevere. And another thing is that if a person's just like, okay, another thing is if there's any type of physical uh, medicine that can cure a person, they should make use of that. So for example, let's say there's somebody who's angry a lot and he's always getting angry at people. So sometimes a person like this, he may have psychiatric anger. And if he goes and gets counseling, and that counseling can sort of therapy to take him out of anger, anger management program, if he can enroll in such a program like that, then that can also reduce his anger. The next thing is he should make use of spiritual cure. He should go to a spiritual doctor, a sheikh, and tell him of a problem that he has, and he should get some guidance from the sheikh. So every he should make use of all means available to him to free himself from sin. Okay, now the benefits of tawbah. The first benefit of tawbah is that tawbah is a means of falah, of success, and joy, and happiness. The second thing is that tawbah, tawbah wipes away a person's sins, erases a person's sins. Third thing is that tawbah can even, if you make real true tawbah, then Allah Ta'ala can even change our sins into good deeds. For the number of sins that we did, instead Allah can write an equal number of good deeds for us. A fourth thing is that when a person does tawbah, then they get they get a, um, a beautiful character and a beautiful outcome. And Allah SWT says in the Quran that indeed Allah SWT accepts and is happy at the tawbah of the Taibin. So the benefit is you get Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Another ayah Allah said that in Allah Yuhibba Tawabin, indeed Allah Ta'ala loves the people who make tawbah. So the ultimate benefit of tawbah is that you can become the beloved of Allah SWT. What more could any believer want than to become the beloved of Allah SWT? That's why it comes in hadith, Ta'ibu Habibullah, that the person who makes tawbah is the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there's another thing that we should hear now is that once there was a person who was pious however due to some reason he got overcome with passion and he fell into a sin then he started thinking that is it over for me? Have I lost my place in Allah Ta'ala's eyes forever? Or if I make tawbah from my sin, can Allah Ta'ala restore me to that closeness I had with Him? So sometimes a person can think like this. That am I going to have to restart everything all the way from the beginning? Or will my tawbah restore me right back to where I was before I did the sin? 
Or a person may think that if I make true tawbah, that will I get back the same standing I had with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I originally had? So here the ulama have mentioned two things. Some have said that when you commit a sin and then you lost your grace and favor with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will have to start all over again. But more ulama have said that no, it becomes in hadith that that person who made tawbah from sin is like a person who never had any sin, who has no sins whatsoever. So the sinner who repents becomes like the sinless person. So that is the power and barakah of tawbah that he will go right back to that maqam that he was in. And some awliyaullah even took it further. And they said, not only not will he fall, nor will he be restored to his old state, but in fact, if he makes true, real tawbah to Allah, then Allah Ta'ala can change that sin into good deeds, and then his darajah will actually go up because he will get even more good deeds. And then Allah Ta'ala will be so happy with him that my servant has come back to me again. Another point we should keep in mind is that person who for the sake of Allah subhanahu leaves any sin, then Allah subhanahu will give him a wonderful substitute, a wonderful recompense. For example, if somebody leaves arrogance and pride for the sake of Allah subhanahu then Allah then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them izzat and honor and dignity. It comes in that that person who lowers and humbles himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala will exalt and raise their status. So didn't Allah ta'ala give them a wonderful substitute? Then that person who had looked at a non-mahram woman, a person who saved himself from looking at a non-mahram woman, what will Allah reward Allah give him? Allah will give him the lazat in his ibadah. Allah will give him pleasure in ibadah. So he left the temporary pleasure of looking at something that was beautiful. Allah Ta'ala then granted him the real pleasure of enjoying his worship and prayer. If a person leaves their sleep or leaves the busyness of their work in order to make the salah on time, then Allah Subhanahu wa gives them a. Allah Taala will compensate them. And then the other way around, if a person misses fajr, it comes in a day that Allah will take the barakah and blessings out of their life. And if a person misses zohar. Allah Ta'ala will take away the nur from their face. If they miss Asr prayer, then Allah Ta'ala will no longer grant them the ability to do other acts of piety. He will remove some of the things that He was going to let them do. If they miss Maghrib, they will lose their risk, they will lose some wealth or sentence Allah Ta'ala is going to send with them. And if they miss Isha, their wife, children, family will no longer be obedient and loyal and trusting of them. So these are the punishments Allah Ta'ala sends if a person misses these prayers. So Allah Ta'ala will tell so many people don't realize, they think that my wife doesn't respect me, my children don't respect me. Actually, Allah Ta'ala took their respect for you out of their heart because you sinned against Him. 
Just like that, that person, a good thing is that person who had the opportunity to take revenge or retribution against someone, but for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, they chose not to and they waived it and they forgave that person, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will then forgive that person for his own sins and Allah will send an itminan, a sukoon, a tranquility on their heart. That person who leaves interest, makes toba for interest, from interest, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah and blessing in his earning and his wealth and his livelihood. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will extend him and give him, extend his life and grant him long life. And that person who leaves adulteration and buying and selling, mixing things, then what will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him? Allah ta'ala will make him dependable in the eyes of people. People will view him as trustworthy and dependable and reliable. That person who stopped makes tawbah from lying. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him a tongue whose du'as are accepted. Whatever sin a person leaves for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always give that person something better than that sin that they would have otherwise done. So you will see that there are some people who hurt the heart of their family members, sometimes their mother is hanging with them, father is hanging with them. They don't care. So it doesn't make any difference to me whatsoever. So that person who breaks their family relations, that is a very bad thing. So if a person makes toba for this and mends their family relations and reconciles with their family, then Allah Ta'ala in reward for that will give such a person loyal and obedient children. So when he reconciled his family relations, Allah Ta'ala gave him children who will have good family relations with him. So today, why is it that the children are rebellious and disobedient and they want the shaykh should just give us something to recite? Well, the reason is that because, they, yes, the children aren't listening to you. We accept that. But have you ever thought that you don't listen to Allah? So if you don't listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what makes you think your children are going to listen to you? So Fudayl ibn Yazamta used to say that whenever I used to do any sin, I always saw that either my wife or my children or my employees, my underlings or if nothing else, my horse and my animals, that they would disobey me. If I disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, either my wife would disobey me, my children would disobey me, either my employees or staff would disobey me, or sometimes my horse would not listen to me. So what this means is that whenever we don't listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then in a punishment for that, Allah is going to make those who are underneath us not listen to us. And that person who leaves sins for the sake of Allah Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala gives them a wonderful reward. It's mentioned, there's an incident that is mentioned in one of the books. And once there was a young man and there was a neighbor uh, a girl who was from the neighbors 
and his heart became attracted, he fell in love, he had a crush on that neighboring girl. And one day the neighbors, the neighbors had a girl servant and he got attracted to the girl servant. One day the neighbors sent their girl servant away to some other place to do some work. So this young man then followed her and then he tried to engage her in sin. He invited her to do sin with him. So what did she say? She said to him that don't do this sin on me. Because however much know that however much you love me, even more than that, I love you. However, I fear Allah Subhanahu So let look at her ikhlas that she acknowledged the fact that she was also attracted to him, and so that affected him. And he said. That okay, if you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much and, and I don't have as much fear of Allah as you do, so I want, I'm going to make tawbah and I want to get the same fear of Allah that you have. And then he had heard that there was some place where there was some ulama and awliya who lived. He said, I'm going to go there and I'm going to live with them and I'm going to learn how to get this fear of Allah ta'ala the same type that you have. So then he went away and then when he went when he went towards that place he saw there was an old man also going the same place so they became travelers, companions on the path because it was a journey of four or five days so they decided instead of traveling alone let's become companions we're going to the same place we'll travel together it'll be easier and this was a very hot uh, season. However, whenever they used to travel, even there was blazing sunlight, a cloud would always come and give them on shade, give them shade. And both the older man, th- the old man thought it was because of him that he was very pious, and the young man who was going to make tawbah, he also thought this must be a pious man due to which Allah does put a cloud over us. So they kept walking, kept walking. And then when their paths separated and they were going to part ways, so then the young man went on one road and the older man went on the other road. And then we saw that the cloud followed the young man. So then the old man came back and he asked the young man and said that, you look like somebody who is very beloved to Allah. So tell me, what is it that you did? What amal did you do that was so accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? that he has decided in this heat of the day that he has sent a cloud to keep you under his shade. So the young man started to cry and he said that, no, no, I am a terrible sinner. And there was one sin that I tried to do and then I didn't do it and I made tawbah from it and I'm going there to learn how to get fear of Allah. And now Allah Ta'ala has been so merciful to me that he has given me the shade of his clouds on this day. Then imagine how much shade Allah Ta'ala will give such a person on the day of judgment. The example of Sayyidina Yusuf is in the Quran that in front of him there was an offer, an opportunity to do sin. And who was the one who was making an offer? She lived in the same home as he did. And didn't meet, so he, was, he had nothing to be afraid of. 
he did, there was no danger of getting caught and they were in seclusion in that home and a woman herself wanted to do it and she had become dressed up and made herself beautiful and she wasn't an ordinary woman she was the wife of the president so the wife of the king now one can imagine that she must be very beautiful because the king would obviously have chosen a very beautiful woman to have been his wife so, so, so such a big test came on Sayyidina Yusuf that a very beautiful woman herself solicited him and offered herself to him. But what did he say? He said, Ma'az Allah, I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from you. And then he even had to go and spend time in jail. And not for two or four days, for nine years he stayed in jail. Then finally Allah ta'ala then out of his mercy took him out and then once upon a time he was a slave who was sold in the marketplace of Egypt but now because of his taqwa and he stayed away from sin and is even willing to be in prison for nine years of that sin that person who was previously sold as a slave in the bazaars of Egypt now he became the minister of finance of all of Egypt then when his brothers came they couldn't recognize that oh this is our brother Yusuf they thought that he was a minister or ruler. In fact, some of them thought he, when he was the king. So they went up to him and they said that, Oh ruler, this is the climax of Surah Yusuf. So the brothers told him that, that we are suffering in the famine and we haven't even brought enough money to purchase the rations that you have stored up but we want that you should give us all of the wheat and you should even give us some extra charity and give us even some more wheat indeed Allah subhanahu will compensate and reward the people who give charity so when Sayyidina Yusuf heard this and said that these are my brothers that now they are standing and begging in front of me in the name of Allah Subhanahu asking for charity in the name of Allah Subhanahu So at that time, Saint Yusuf Islam told them that what did you do with Yusuf? So when he said the word Yusuf, then they all realized. All of a sudden, it occurred to them that are you, you, you are Yusuf? And he said, Yes, I am Yusuf. And this is my brother Binyamin. Indeed, Allah Subhanahu has sent His special grace and favor on the two, on us. Indeed, Allah Subhanahu is always sends His special help and mercy on the person who has taqwa and the person who has sabr. And indeed, Allah Subhanahu will never let go to waste the reward of the people who do righteous deeds. So Allah subhanahu will pick them up from even slavehood and prison and bestow upon them kingship and kingdom. So by, whenever we stay away from sin, Allah subhanahu will bestow a lot upon us. Sometimes a person thinks that I made tawbah, but still I fell back into sin. And I made real tawbah. I really tried to make tawbah. And then again I fell back into sin. So this is one of shaitan's greatest agendas is to try to make a person despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's look at the hadith. What did Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu say? As he says that we're about to conclude our talk with this hadith.
Sayyidina Anas radiallahu anhu narrates that once a person came to the Prophet and said, Oh Rasulullah sallallahu that I do sin. And so the Prophet said, Okay, seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make his tikfar. So then the person responded that I make his tikfar. But then I return to that sin. I seek Allah's forgiveness, but then I go back and I return to that sin. So then the Prophet said that if you end up returning back to that sin, then make istighfar again, seek Allah's forgiveness again. Then the person said, yes, I do that. I make istighfar again, and then I go back and I do that sin again. So then the Prophet responded, said, okay, if you return to that sin, and if you break your tawbah twice, thrice, four times, keep making your tawbah, make tawbah as many times as you can so that shaitan then gives up on you. The shaitan will think that there's no way I can get him to do a sin without making tawbah. So if shaitan never tires of tricking us, why should we tire of making tawbah? If shaitan doesn't tire of involving us in sin, why should we tire of forgiving, asking Allah's forgiveness for that sin? In one book there was an event that, that mentioned that a person did tawbah, did a sin, made tawbah, but then again made that sin, then again made tawbah, again made that sin, spent his whole life like this, Toba sin, Toba sin. On the day of judgment, Allah Ta'ala will make him stand up. And Allah Ta'ala knows everything, but Allah Ta'ala will ask the angels, that, what is in this broken book of deeds? So the angels will say that he did a sin, and he made Toba for it, but then he broke the Toba and went back to sin. Then he made Toba, then he broke it again, did sin, Toba sin, Toba sin. And he was never able to actually successfully take himself out of that sin. But Allah's Ta'ala said, well, this is a very steadfast servant of mine, that Shaitan kept involving him in sin, but he kept making Tawbah to me. So if Shaitan, his whole life, Shaitan kept making him fall into sin, but this person never remained fallen, he always stood back up and made Tawbah to me. So that means that he wanted to stand, therefore I will then include him in the ranks of the people of Istikamat. Because he was so regular in his Tawbah, he never took it lying down. If ever Shaitan involved him in sin, he never took it lying down, he got right back up again. So much so that Shaitan will have hasrat, that's what the Hadith said, that Shaitan will become mahsub so what does it mean that shaitan gets hasrat? means that when shaitan involves a person in sin, shaitan gets happy. Why? Because that person is doing a sin. No, when, when sometimes when shaitan involves a person in sin, shaitan regrets involving that person in sin. Why? Because that person, after falling into that sin, due to shaitan, makes so much toba over that sin that they get so much reward in that toba that shaitan's plan backfires, and he says, "Oh, I wish I never involved that person in sin in the first place." So that's what the Prophet told this person that make keep making toba so that shaitan gives up 
that shaitan regrets pushing you into sin. Now listen to another hadith. So there was one sahaba, his name was he, he, one Sahaba went to the Prophet and he said that, Oh my beloved Messenger of Allah, I am a very, very grave sinner, big sinner. So the Prophet told him that, Okay, Habib, you should make Tawbah to Allah. So he responded that, Oh Prophet, that I make Tawbah, but I go back to doing sin. So the Prophet said that, okay, well then every single time whenever you do sin, then just make Tawbah again. So that person said, whenever I make sin, I make Tawbah, but I end up on sin again. So then the Prophet said, and even though my sins are very large then, so the Prophet told him, that, oh Habib, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power of forgiveness is far greater than your power to do sin. Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness is, what are you saying that you did sin over and over and over again? You don't think Allah Ta'ala can forgive you over and over again? And let's listen to another hadith. Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam said such a beautiful thing that once a man came to the Prophet Wasallam and he told the Prophet that, oh my sins, oh my sins, he was over my sins. And I am destroyed because of my sins, woe to me because of my sins. And he either did this twice or he came three times. <laughs> so the Prophet ﷺ responded to him and said, that, O person, what you should, you should say, this dua, that, O Allah, your forgiveness is wider than my sins and I have more hope in your mercy than I have in my own actions. Your forgiveness is far wider than my sins and I have now hope in your mercy instead of having hope in any of my own good deeds or actions. So when, the, when he read this dua, then the Prophet told him that no, repeat the dua again. Some told him that no, repeat the dua again. So then he said the dua a second time. Allahumma maghfiratuka awsa'u min zanubi. So then the Prophet told him, okay, say it again. So then the Prophet then the Sahaba made the dua a third time. After he made the dua a third time, then the Prophet said that stand up and rise. Indeed, Allah Ta'ala has forgiven you for your sins. So it means in hadith it's been established that that person who came saying he had tremendous amount of sin and had feel that he was just destroyed because of his sins, if he just made this dua three times, then Allah Ta'ala will forgive him for his sins. And then when Allah Ta'ala forgives the person for sins, then he also gives them 
puts them back into a good spiritual state. That is why some of the awliyaullah, that if somebody came to them, and if somebody harmed them, and this we should listen, if anybody was mm, trying to harm any of the wali of Allah or to hurt them or to disgrace them, so they would make this dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I ask that you forgive me. Allah, I ask that you forgive that sin of mine due to which you have made this person my enemy. Due to which this person has so much hostility to me. Allah Ta'ala forgive that sin of mine due to which this person has some hostility and enmity towards me. And another beautiful thing. As the Bani Israel once asked in Musa Islam that all Messenger of Allah so we are thirsty and we want water to make dua for rain. So then Sayyidina Musa Islam said, He made dua, Rabbana Firlana, that oh our Rabb forgive us. And he made it three times as dua, Rabbana Firlana, Rabbana Firlana. And then the Bani Israel said, that we told you to pray for rain and instead you, we told you to pray for rain and instead you are starting to pray for our forgiveness. Then Allah SWT at that moment sent Wahi revelation on Sayyidina Musa Islam to tell these Bani Israel that when I send my forgiveness on my servants and slaves, then I make them firm in their deen and I grant them the dunya as well. I make firm, make them firm on deen and grant them their dunya as well. So the rain will come automatically if they do true tawbah from their sin and get forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a lesson from us in hadith that if we make true tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will make us strong in our deen and will set us up in our world. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord of the worlds. And he is happy with that person who leaves sins for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and turns back towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once there was a person who was pious. And he was so pious that he had been worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for uh, 20 years. For 20 years he spent on taqwa and piety and righteousness. And then, then he spent 20 years doing sin. And then one day he looked into the mirror. And what did he do? He saw there were some white hairs on his beard. And then what did he do? He got sad. And he said that I've gotten so old now that even my beard hairs are growing white. So then he started speaking to Allah SWT and said, Oh Allah, that, oh Allah, if I make tawbah now that I become old with white hairs, will you accept it from me? 
So then he heard a voice that all my servant that if you obeyed me for 20 years we accepted your good deeds and then you left us and then you started doing sin then we gave you some time and now if you turn now even now if you turn towards me know that my doors are open for you and I will accept your toba so then that person went back to toba a person made true toba to the spontan. Now we should listen to one more thing. And it's a wondrous incident. And a person, when they read this, they're very surprised. And Hazrat says that whenever, whenever I read it, I'm always moved. Sayyidina Musa Islam said once he asked Allah SWT a question that oh my Rabb if a pious man was ever to beg something from you ask you something then Allah SWT what would you say? Ta'i means a person who does ita'at a person who is obedient to you, if a person who is an obedient servant of yours and asks you for something, what do you say? So Allah SWT said that I say, I say, I am present, I am ready, I want to answer your question. Whenever my obedient servant makes dua to me, I always say, that, oh my servant, I am present, what is it that you wish from me so that I may grant it to you? And then say to him, okay, what if somebody it was a Zahid, somebody who abstains from the world makes dua for you. What do you say? Allah Ta'ala says, Labaik, says I say I'm present. Then Sayyidina Musa says, what if somebody is Sa'im, what if somebody is fasting makes dua to you? Allah Ta'ala says, I said, Labaik, I say that I'm present, I'm here to grant your, and fulfill your duas. Then Musa Islam then asked another question. He said that, Oh Allah, what about when a sinner calls upon you and makes dua to you? So what do you say? That Allah SWT said, I said, Labaik, Labaik, Labaik three times. That when a sinner calls upon me, I respond to him three times. That I am present, I am present, I am present. So, Oh Musa, you should know that each and every one of those people who are the taqwa person, pastor, the pious one, all of them had their own amal as well. But then this sinner when he came to me, the asi, the sinner, he had nothing else but hope in my mercy. And so because he had only hope in my mercy alone, then what I want is that that, that servant of mine who is relying completely on my mercy, that he should know that his Allah is sufficient for everything. And that sinner, he was trusting on my mercy. I have promised to my Ummah, I promise to whomsoever trusts and depends on my mercy, I will never leave them unforgiven. So look how kareem and generous our Allah is. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said three times to the sinner who called upon him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very kareem, very generous. Sufyan Thori Ramtale once asked Hamad that, O that tell me something about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Hamad said, 
that I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if, uh, if Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment gives you the option that, oh my servant, if you want, either your parents can take your hisab or Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala can take your hisab. So he said that I would definitely choose Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala over my parents. Rather than letting my parents take my hisab, I would rather want Allah Ta'ala to take my hisab. I would rather want Allah Ta'ala to take my hisab. Why? Because indeed Allah Found of more merciful and kind and soft towards me than even my two parents. So that Allah SWT is more gentle and kind to his servants than even their own parents. And how easy it should be to attract his mercy. Alhamdulillah, this is our blessing that Allah Ta'ala has given us once again life to live in this month of Ramadan. And now it's the last 10 days the month of Ramadan and on top of that it is the 27th night of Ramadan and that we have travelers here and the du'as of the Musafir are accepted and so then what we should do is we should take advantage on this night and we should ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for our sins because Sayyidina Rasulullah used to say Amin to a particular du'a Jibreel what was that the du'a that Jibreel said woe to that person make calamity befall that person who witnessed the month of Ramadan and was still not able to get forgiven by Allah Taala. So indeed, there are just two or three days left in this month of Ramadan. We don't know whether we have been forgiven at this point or not. If we make true tawbah to Allah Taala, then surely in this whole gathering, somebody's tawbah will be accepted by Allah Taala. Somebody's crying will be accepted by Allah Taala. So Allah will surely be fond of something and because of that Allah can send us forgiveness on all of us. So tonight on this gathering we should make true, sincere tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make a firm intention that in the future I want to live a life of taqwa, a life of loyalty, a life of obedience. And Allah Ta'ala, I want you to save me from the disgrace of sins. There are several people who have requested to, before dua, that they want to make bayt, they want to make true toba. So, Hazrat is going to read the sentences of toba. Whoever wants to make toba for all of their past sins, and in the future they want to live a life according to taqwa and taharat, then they should read these kalimat. They should repeat these words after Hazrat Sahib. And however far this voice is going to the women or to men or any place anywhere in the world and they want to make the same niyat and they want to make tawbah, they should also repeat these words. And inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will join them in this gathering of tawbah. So repeat these words <laughs> after the sub. Bismillah.
محمد رسول اللہ محمد ریالٹی پریز اینڈ گلوریفیکیشن فور یو 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have no one left now except for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have no one left at all except for you. Ya Allah, my Toba is untrue. Even my Toba is untrue. Even my Toba needs a Toba. Ya Allah, don't give this sinner of yours your punishment. Don't send your punishment yours. Ya Allah, don't send your punishment on this wretched sinner of yours. Ya Allah, listen to my prayers. Listen to my du'as, listen to my sighs, listen to my yearning, listen to my pleading. Ya Allah, You are the one who fulfills my needs. You are the one who grants everyone's need. Ya Allah, listen to my du'as. Ya Allah, You are the one who fulfills my needs. Ya Allah, I have no one left in the world except for You, my Allah. Except for you, my Allah. Ya Allah, I am lowering my head in front of you. I am bowing in front of you. Ya Allah, you said, I am a ghaffar. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, that inni la ghaffar, that indeed I am the forgiver. Ya Allah, you yourself said that you were ghafar. And this was your promise, Allah, that you said you would forgive that you would forgive that was your promise ya Allah this was your statement ya Allah that you would forgive us of you. I'm lowering myself in front of you. I'm presenting myself in front of you. Oh my Allah. I have no one in this world except for you. No one except for you, Ya Allah. I am lowering 
throwing myself in front of you, Ya Allah. Raise your hands in dua and view this night as a special opportunity that we should ask and beg Allah Ta'ala to forgive us for our sins whatever needs that we have for our deen or permissible needs of this world we should present them to Allah Subh'ala Ta'ala instead of running around this world we should pre- and presenting our needs to all types of people instead we should present our needs to Allah Subh'ala Ta'ala alone he is the one who listens and fulfills all of our needs. Tonight, on this du'a, we are going to make use of the Asmaal Husna, the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala said in Quran, Badillahi al-Asma'il Husna, that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belong the beautiful names. You should make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using those names. We don't know which name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be, if we call him upon it, he may be pleased, pleased by it. And it comes in a date that there's one name called Ismi Azam, which is the greatest name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the date says that if you make dua using that Ismi Azam, then your duas will be accepted. So because we don't know for certainty which one of the names is the Ismi Azam, but if we read all of the 99 names in dua, then we will know we will certainly have included the Ismi Azam in that. And we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if we're calling out to Allah. Just like a child cries in front of his mother, he couldn't care less who is sitting next to him, who is watching him, who is noticing him. He cries naturally and generally in front of his mother. And just like that today, we have to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one way or the other. And that's why today we're just going to attach our heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And don't worry about who's sitting next to you or behind you. But just go deep into your heart and turn your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As he says that when he recites a name, he will say, for example, Ar-Rahmanu Ya Allah. And then we should be silent. And, when, and then after that, we should say, Ya Allah. Then Hazrat Sahib will say, Ar-Rahimu Ya Allah. And we will listen to those words silently. And then when Hazrat Sahib pauses, and we will all cry out, Ya Allah. Just like a child calls his mother, 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 Oh my mother. Just like that, we are going to be crying out to Allah SWT, Allah, Allah, Allah. So tonight we should call upon Allah SWT in such a way that Allah Ta'ala shower His mercy on this gathering and everything will be taken care of. Our sins will be forgiven. And this night in the month of Ramadan, let this be a night of forgiveness for each and every one of us. So raise your hands and make dua to Allah SWT. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>
Ya Allah, after giving us honor and grace, Ya Allah, save us from being disgraced. Ya Allah, we ask you to safeguard us from those who are pretend to be friends but are really our enemies. Ya Allah, before before people ask us to recite the kalimba, let us recite the kalimba before we pass away. Ya Allah, before our eyes close in this world, let our hearts eyes open. Ya Allah, before people come and do ghusl of us, let us make ghusl of tawbah before we pass away. Ya Allah, before people bury us in the shroud, Ya Allah, let us cloak ourselves in the garment of taqwa. Ya Allah, before somebody reads Janaza Salah over us, let us become aware in our own Salah to you. Ya Allah, before we are presented in front of you, Ya Allah, accept us, decree your kubudiyat for us. Ya Allah, make the latter portion of our life become better than the best part of our life. Ya Allah, let the day definitely be the happiest day of our life. Ya Allah, save us from the nafs, save us from shaitan, save us from the tricks and traps. Ya Allah, never let us leave us without any shade of your guidance. Never leave us without guidance. Ya Allah, never take us away from your masjid. Never leave us at the whims of shaitan and the nafs. Ya Allah, send your gaze of mercy upon us. Ya Allah, this is the month of Barakah, the month of Barakah, the month of Rahmah, the month of Maghfira. that every night, Hundreds of thousands are freed from the fires of Jahannam. Ya Allah, tonight on this night, also free us from the fire of Jahannam. Include us amongst those and free us from the fire of Jahannam. Ya Hanan, Ya Manan, Ya Allah, make us amongst those free from Jahannam. Ya Allah, send your karam upon us. Ya Allah, decide, decree our forgiveness on this night. Forgive our sins on this night. Ya Rabbikareem, send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, our affair is, can be decided by just one gaze of yours. Ya Allah, cast one glance of your love towards us. Ya Rabbikareem, send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, become soft with us. Ya Allah, decide generously for us. Ya Allah, accept the tawbah of this whole gathering. Ya Allah, accept the tawbah of this whole gathering. Ya Allah, accept the tawbah of this gathering. Ya Allah, we ask that you treat us with your mercy. Those who are childless, grant them children. Those who have children, make them faithful, obedient children. Make them loyal children. Make them the coolest of their parents' eyes. Ya Allah, in that home where there are men and women of marriageable age, Ya Allah, decree for them honorable spouses. Make it easy for them to get married. Those who have children, Ya Allah, let the children not be a disappointment for them. Let the children not be a source of grief for them. Let the children not be a test for them. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, in this gathering, there are even some small children, even they are raising their hands and making dua to you. Ya Allah, we ask, we invoke the innocence in their eyes. We ask you to accept the innocence of their hands. Ya Allah, accept their duas, accept their hands risen up to you. And because of that, Ya Allah, forgive us for all of our sins. Accept our tawbah. Ya Allah, in this gathering, there's so many whose hairs have grown white in the age of Islam, but their heart has become blackened due to sin. Ya Allah, who can they go and tell? Ya Allah, you know the secrets of our hearts. Ya Allah, we ask that you honor the pious outward appearance that we have. And Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive the sins that we have in our hearts. 
Ya Allah, in this gathering, there's so many young teenager and young men who are making tawbah from all of their lustful passions. Ya Allah, send your forgiveness upon us. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if you do not forgive us on this night, and shaitan will trap us, he will ensnare us, and whenever we try, try to save us from his traps, protect us from his whisperings, Ya Allah, grant us your kubuliya. Ya Allah, make it easier for us to do good deeds. Ya Allah, we ask you to complete all of the unfinished tasks that we have. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our du'as. Ya Allah, whomsoever wrote or SMS to call that they want to du'a, Ya Allah, we ask that you accept them in these du'as. And those who were unable to request for du'as, but they wanted to, Ya Allah, accept all of them in these du'as as well. Ya Allah, in this masjid and outside the masjid, whomsoever is here, Ya Allah, decree this night as the night of maghfirah, as the night of forgiveness for everyone. Ya Allah, save us from the disgrace of sins. Ya Allah, grant us the honor and grace of being obedient to you. Ya Allah, those who are indebted, make it easy for them to fulfill their debts and obligations. Ya Allah, grant them risk of halal tayyib. Ya Allah, grant them tr- truth in their speech. Your Rahmah, accept this dua that we made. You said it for you should not don't refuse the questioner Allah when you have ordered such weak people like us not to turn away the beggars at our door Ya Allah we are beggars at your door Ya Allah we ask that you don't turn us away don't leave our prayers ungranted Ya Allah send your mercy upon us Ya Allah listen to our plea listen to our prayer Ya Allah you yourself said in the Quran Kareem that make dua and I am that being who accepts your dua Ya Allah, you are true. Your kalam, Quran is true. Ya Allah, we have no doubt that Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our du'as. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, Antum al-Fuqara'ilallah, that of humanity, you are ultimately needy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then in another ayah, Innama sadaqatun al-Fuqara'il muhajirin, that O Allah, when you have left the charity for people who are fakir, and Ya Allah, we are amongst the fuqara. Spiritually fakir, Ya Allah, we ask that you send your charity upon us, the charity of your mercy, the charity of your generosity, the charity of your being Rahim, the charity of your being. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your special grace upon us. Ya Allah, just like when a large number of women go to the ruler of the land and knock their door, and they, they are hopeful and expectant because they know that if the ruler gives them some money, they're will be ease. Ya Allah, we are even more in fact, we are even more want to call on your door. Ya Allah, we are knocking on your door because Ya Allah, other than you and your door, there is no other being for us, no other door for us. Ya Allah, if you don't open the door, if you leave the door closed, then there will be nothing else for us than to be wretched in Jahannam. So Ya Allah, we ask that you open the doors of your mercy, open the gates of your mercy, save us from becoming wretched, save us from being coming forsaken, save us from becoming punished. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your special mercy upon us, 
listen to the hard prayers. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our prayers. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, Musa, that oh Musa, when you go to Fir'aun, that you should speak to him, layina, that you should speak to him softly. Ya Allah, Fir'aun, who is an unbeliever, who is a tyrant, who oppressed people, who ordered people to be killed. Ya Allah, you ordered that the Nabi of the time should be soft with him. So Ya Allah, if, they, if the Nabi of the time should be soft with Fir'aun, Ya Allah, we ask that you become soft with us. This whole gathering with the people who make sajda, who say subhanahu wa rabbi Allah and their sajda, Ya Allah, we ask that you be soft with us, be gentle with us, be forbearing with us. Ya Allah, forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Allah, whatever little amal we do, accept them in your court. Ya Rabbi Kareem, ask that you wash away the hearts, fill the hearts with nur, remove the effects of sins. Ya Allah, Finish all of the effects of our sins in our ghaflat and make our heart zakir and shagil. Make us involved in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, grant us tawakkul. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us submit to you. Ya Allah, make us have sabr. Ya Allah, grant us even to the maqam sabr. Ya Allah, indeed, we are all needy of you. We are all ultimately dependent on you. We need every bounty and blessing you to send upon us. Ya Allah, your beloved Sina Yusuf, he forgave his brothers and he said to them, that after from this day onward, there will be no sin on you, there will be no revenge taken from you. Ya Sayyidina did the same thing when he came and did Fatih Makkah. He told the Quraysh of Makkah, La Tathriba Alaykum Yom, that there will be no blame on you, no censure on you, no command on you. But Ya Allah, you are even more Kareem than Musa, more Kareem than Sayyidina Al Kareem is one of your names. Ya Allah, we ask that you say upon us on this night, La Tathriba Alaykum Yom, that after this night we have nothing due upon us, nothing outstanding on us. Ya Allah, we ask that you include us amongst your ibad. Ya Allah, make us amongst your ibad. Make us amongst your ibad. Let it forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Allah, those elders of ours who for many, many years, even the angels didn't have a chance to write a sin in their book of deeds. Ya Allah, even they stayed away from sin only due to your fuzzle, your grace. Ya Allah, let us stay away from sin due to your fuzzle. Ya Allah, you yourself said in the Quran al-Kareem that this is the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Ya Allah but when you said the Quran that but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is the one who does tazkiyah of people Ya Allah we ask you to tazkiyah of us that you purify us that you wash our hearts that you make our hearts manawar Ya Allah those who made requested to us, Ya Allah, fulfill all of their pious desires. All of our parents, relatives, teachers, Messiah who have passed away, send your maghfirat and forgiveness upon them. And those whom you have already forgiven, Ya Allah, increase their levels and ranks in Jannah. Ya Allah, we ask that you be gracious with us. Ya Allah, make the winds of Hidayah arm everywhere we go. Ya Allah, Masood.
Ya Allah, we ask you to preserve the work of the people of Tabliq. We ask you to preserve all the works of Dawah. We ask you to safeguard the works of all the Islamic teachers of learning, all the places where the Khankas, where they're teaching Allah, Allah, all the places and efforts of establishing the deen. And Ya Allah, this Ummah is in a state of worry. This Ummah is Muslim. This Ummah is being oppressed. Ya Allah, we ask that you remove the worries of this Ummah. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your help. Ya Allah, whatever sin that we have done that is preventing us from becoming forgiven by you, Ya Allah, we make toba for all such sins. Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive us for our sins. Make us firmly steadfast on our good deeds. Ya Allah, whatever we have prayed, granted to us. What we should have asked for, but we didn't ask, grant that to us as well. Ya Allah, we are weak and you are strong. Every weak one depends and needs and calls upon the strong. Ya Allah, we have spread our hands tonight. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your help upon us. Ya Allah, we have seen that parents, even they fulfill the small wishes of their sm- the, all the wishes of their small children. Ya Allah, we also have one wish on this night. That Ya Allah, that you send your mercy upon us. That Allah, make us in such a way that we are pleasing to you. This is what we want, Ya Allah. Fulfill our wish, Ya Allah. Make us in such a way that we are pleasing to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask that you send your karam on us. Send your generosity on us. Ya Allah, just like a person cannot safeguard an amanat, they put it in the hands of some elder. Ya Allah, we cannot guard our iman. We are depositing our iman as an amanat with you. Ya Allah, when it comes time for us to leave this world and pass away, Ya Allah, we ask that you give us this amanat to have iman, to pass away in a state of iman. Ya Allah, your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, many people have traveled from far away lands and places. Ya Allah, accept their footsteps, accept their traveling. They have just come searching for you. They have come to your home. And Ya Allah, if you send them back empty-handed, then where else will they go? Where will there be left for them to go? Ya Allah, accept them. Accept them. Put the nisbat into their hearts. Put the nur into their hearts. Ya Allah, fill their hearts with the nisbat and the nur. Ya Allah, out of your generosity, out of your kindness. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our du'as from your mercy. Ya Allah, whatever we ask for, grant it to us. What we should have asked for, grant it to us as well. Oh Allah, you yourself said that we should always be good with people even if they are good or bad. Ya Allah, we are bad, but you are good. Ya Allah, we ask that you treat us well. We ask that you be good with us. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept our du'as. And on this night, Ya Allah, we ask that you forgive each and every one of our sins. Your beloved Messenger, we are the ummatis and the followers of your beloved Messenger, Ya Allah, remember all of the du'as that the Prophet made for the ummah. Ya Allah, include us in those du'as. Ya Allah, accept our du'as by means of your mercy. Ya Allah, all of the people here are making khidmat, the women who are cooking food at home, Ya Allah, send, grant them a reward far beyond their hopes and expectations.
اللہ علیہ وسلم